have the best writing instrument prepared and ready to go? Because it's the penultimate day of February, and we've got to write it down so it won't be forgotten. Specifically, it's February 27th, 2021, and this is another version of Charlottesville Community Engagement to get you up to date on all manner of things. On today's program, another Democrat has entered the race for Charlottesville City Council. A pedestrian is struck on West Main Street during a protest. The Virginia State Police explode a suspicious device this morning on the downtown mall, and an update on vaccines and the pandemic. And with the COVID pandemic still in effect, today's Patreon-fueled shout-out comes from an anonymous contributor who is once again here to state clearly, we keep each other safe, wear a mask, wash your hands, and keep your distance. If you'd like to help support this program and get a message out there four times a month, a $25 monthly contribution gets you such shout-outs. Contact me for details and questions. Now, on with the show. We'll begin today with a pandemic update. Statewide trends continue to head down, with percent positivity statewide at 7.4% today. Numbers in the Blue Ridge Health District have also been declining, a week after a sudden surge related to the return of University of Virginia students in early February. Yesterday, UVA eased restrictions on in-person gatherings, according to a news release sent out in the afternoon. Students are now allowed to leave their residences for non-academic or non-dining purposes, and people can meet in groups of up to six. Out of concern for spreading the virus into the surrounding Charlottesville community, the university will continue to limit community volunteering activity until further notice, with one exception. That exception are UVA students who volunteer on public safety crews who have also been vaccinated. The fatality count statewide continues to rise as death certificates continue to be entered into the system that is used by the Virginia Department of Health to track the disease. Nearly 1,200 deaths have been recorded this week for a statewide total that is now 8,382. Most of these deaths actually occurred in January or early February. In the Blue Ridge Health District, there are now a total of 148 deaths, including 57 in Albemarle and 43 in Charlottesville. Over 98% of these people were over the age of 50, with 81.1% over the age of 70. In an email update that went out last night, the Blue Ridge Health District announced it will receive the largest shipment of vaccine doses next week since the beginning of the vaccine rollout. That will allow them to expand vaccinations to people over the age of 65. BRHD will receive 4,171st dose vaccines, both Pfizer and Moderna. Nearly half of these will be distributed to UVA Health to assist with vaccinating Phase 1A and 1B individuals at the Seminole Square location and community sites. Additionally, 300 doses will go to the Blue Ridge Medical Center in Nelson, and 300 doses will go to Walmart pharmacies in Green and Louisa for vaccinating individuals over the age of 65. This week, the University of Virginia passed a milestone of administering more than 50,000 doses since December 15th. They're also moving all of their vaccination operations to the temporary facility in the Seminole Square Shopping Center, which has been informally dubbed by some as Big Shots. Dr. Kosti Sifri is leading up the health system's community health efforts. It um, is challenging to, to um, get here into the medical center. There's a lot of traffic and um, some challenges with that. Yesterday, a U.S. Food and Drug Administration panel approved emergency authorization for a vaccine from Johnson & Johnson. The time will come soon when anyone who wants a dose will be able to get one. 
there is still some reluctance among many in the population about the safety of a new type of vaccine. Dr. Sifri said hesitancy among some may be waning. The vaccine is um, uh, showing really um, um, important um, efficacy um, uh, um, results as we're seen in the clinical trials that's been demonstrated really um, around the world in the places the vaccines um, um, have been rolled out. But in addition, they are very well tolerated. People come, can have some of these side effects, but for the most part, they're, um, they're reasonable. They're not um, something that um, is too difficult to, to, to manage. Dr. Sifri said there are some who are reluctant to receive a vaccine, and public health professionals need to continue discussions with those who are hesitant in order to allay their fears. Vaccination is going to be our best tool to get over this pandemic. A friend of mine on social media yesterday posed the question of whether it was a good idea for people to post pictures of themselves getting a vaccine on social media. That conversation came up during the UVA health briefing yesterday. Let's hear Eric Swenson, a public information officer with UVA Health, pose the question. Next up, we have sort of a philosophical question um, around vaccinations. I want to get your thoughts on sort of the, I guess, essentially kind of the pros and cons of people publicly sharing, you know, their photos, their videos um, of getting the vaccination. Um, Certainly, I think anywhere you go on social media, you see people, you know, sharing they've gotten the shot. For example, I know some of the pros are that obviously kind of helps hopefully address some of the hesitancy issues that you were discussing. But certainly on the on the downside, you know, it, it, it could potentially spark, you know, concern about, well, why is that person getting it and I'm not getting it or sort of sparks the desire to frantically check websites for, for appointments. So so what are, what are your thoughts on the, the value or, or maybe not the value of having people post, um, you know, post those kinds of things publicly? Uh, that's a very interesting question. I'd invite um, uh, Wendy and Reed to comment if they want to as well. And I think in my opinion, I think the benefit um, outweighs um, the potential problems or concerns um, that such posts um, can lead to. Um, I think it really is helpful for people to be able to state that I've, um, um, I've, I've gotten the vaccine. Um, I was interested in getting the vaccine. I now have gotten the vaccine and to share that personal story um, with, with, their, with their friends. Um, um, that really, um, people listen to their friends um, often much more than they will to um, other people, to uh, myself, if you know, or somebody, somebody else that's on a news program. Um, that helps um, uh, sort of normalize obtaining a vaccine, which again, for people that uh, may be hesitant, um, um, provides some um, normalization for 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 that. Um, now, that being said, I also am very sensitive to the fact that. There are a lot of people that want vaccine, and even now we are still um, um, in a position where we just have not as much supply as we want. Um, And um, that does engender um, concern and and frustration for many people. I think the best approach to that is to really do what we are trying to do um, as quickly as we can. And I think on the, you know, on the, um, you know, on the, uh, brink of having a third vaccine to add to the armamentarium, um, we are the position where we're starting to see ramped up vaccine supply. So um, I think the um, best thing to do to try to um, address the, the frustrations people can have having to wait in line for a vaccine is really to do our best to get um, as much vaccine out as quickly as we can. And I, I think that we can anticipate in the upcoming weeks or um, probably a couple months, we are going to see a steep ramp up in vaccine supply um, such that um, some of the challenges that people have had to obtain a vaccine are, 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 are much less. 
Wendy Horton is the chief executive officer at UVA Health. Yeah, I agree with Kosti. The only other thing I would add is for individuals that are hesitant, oftentimes they need six or seven different interventions or people um, having conversations. So I think if we do it mindfully uh, for people that are vaccine hesitant, it can be helpful for people to uh, become ready for, for vaccination. Dr. Sifri said UVA would follow the Blue Ridge Health District's lead on how to continue to support the response to this community health crisis by providing vaccinations. Another source of information, if you're interested, is a question and answer with Dr. Eric Haupt on vaccinations and how the world around us may be slowly changing and how it may not be changing just yet. Stay informed. Finally, in this segment, I want to mention that the University of Virginia Health System will begin to allow visitation at inpatient units beginning on March 2nd. For a full list, read the update on their website, and the link is in the newsletter. You're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement for February 27th, 2021. A warning, some of the content in this next segment may be a bit graphic. A pedestrian was struck yesterday afternoon at rush hour in the intersection of West Main Street and Roosevelt Brown Boulevard. A press release issued by the City of Charlottesville Police Department later in the evening said the person suffered minor injuries. As vehicles swerved to avoid confrontations, an uninvolved pedestrian was struck by another vehicle as she attempted to cross the street. Video footage of the incident released on Twitter is more complicated. As the 45-second video begins, a crowd of people are standing within the intersection as part of a Black Lives Matters protest that had been moving within the city since 2.30 p.m. The traffic light controlling vehicles traveling onto Roosevelt Brown Boulevard is green, but the group is standing directly in the line of traffic. At four seconds, the light turns yellow. A person holding a blue sign blocks vehicles seeking to travel northbound from Roosevelt Brown Boulevard onto 10th Street Northwest. At almost seven seconds, the light is still yellow. A person in a white jacket can be seen waiting to cross Roosevelt Brown, heading west toward the University of Virginia. As soon as the light changes, this person begins crossing the road at a jogging pace. A dark gray pickup truck crosses the perimeter of the intersection despite the traffic signal being red. This vehicle can be heard accelerating. At 10 seconds, the vehicle strikes the person crossing the street and they fall to the ground. The crowd of people moves from the intersection to the crossing to assist them. The driver stops and the videographer films the rest of the incident. The driver gets out of his vehicle, and others race to the person to help. The video ends. The first paragraph of the police department's press release mentions the name of the protest organizer, and the fourth states that the Commonwealth's attorney office will assist in the investigation. A question to the police department is out for more information about whether the driver will be charged. This morning, another press release from the Charlottesville Police Department announced a suspicious device was found this morning on 4th Street Southeast, near the downtown mall crossing. The Virginia State Police were called in, and the device was detonated. CPD's forensic investigators are processing the scene and have collected relevant evidence, which will be sent to the Virginia Division of Forensic Science for analysis. Finally, before we go today, two brief election blurbs. There are now three Democrats seeking two nominations for two seats on the Charlottesville City Council. 
Charlottesville Tomorrow reports that Albemarle High School graduate Yasmin Washington is running, and Charlotte Renee Woods has a profile on her published yesterday. Washington joins school board member Juan Diego Wade and 2019 candidate Brian Pinkston in the race. Keep track of campaign finance on the Virginia Public Access Project. And finally, finally, there's an open seat in a House of Delegates district in the Fredericksburg area. Delegate Mark Cole will not seek re-election to a seat he has held since 2002, according to the Virginia Public Access Project. On his website, Cole announced this would be his last term. For more on this story, read an article in the Fauquier Times. And that's it for this edition of the Charlottesville Community Engagement Report. Just a quick note, I decided not to include the audio from the video feed that I mentioned earlier. I'm sure you can find it. I'm not going to make a link to it, mostly because I am still trying to identify who published it so I can get permission. It's very important for me to not use things that I did not create without attributing it to the correct person. If you do get a chance to watch the video, be warned that it is somewhat graphic. A couple programming notes. I'll be back tomorrow with another installment of the Week Ahead newsletter. There is not currently an audio version of that. There'll also be another newsletter coming out for Monday that is going to try to recap a lot of things that have happened in this past week. I'm Sean Tubbs, and thank you very much for listening. Please send this on to somebody else if you got some benefit from it. And I look forward to speaking with you in the near future. Drop me a line if you have any questions or comments, and stay safe out there.